0: My name is Dave Child, and I'm here with my wife Jenna. I don't know if I can see if she's at the back. Uh, and Jude, and we are from a church in Cape Town, South Africa, called Signal Vineyard. Do you guys want to have the door open, or yes? Yeah, maybe we can keep the door open if possible. Okay, cool. Mu's gonna be the doorkeeper? We have one seat up here. Um. And yeah, it's such a privilege and honor to be with you guys this week. And um, I'm part of leadership, uh, a church called Signal Vineyard. We meet in a suburb called Woodstock in Cape Town. I've been there for about nine years now. Uh, The church was actually planted by Dave and Colleen's two sons, Caleb and Luke Pedersen. And uh, yeah, we just uh, we just love. We've actually been in the last probably two months in our church. Just been seeing an incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, I was sharing with the youth guys on Monday night. I was just sharing a a story. One Sunday morning, (coughs) probably about a month and a half ago, we had ministry time, and there was a young lady on the floor kneeling. And I don't even know if anyone prayed for her, but when (coughs) when she got up off the floor, there was a puddle of tears. We have wooden floors literally a puddle of tears as god was just ministering healing to her and we're experiencing an incredible outpouring of the spirits and i'm really expecting this morning that we're going to experience some of that here so this is not only just a workshop imparting teaching but i really hope that we can impart something of the presence of god you guys today. So let's just take a moment to pray before we kick off. Lord we just want to say that before anything else we hear here for you Lord. More than seeking to have some incredible prophetic gift or ability Lord, we just want to be those who would seek your face Lord. And as we spend these next few moments speaking about going deeper, I pray, Lord, that this room would just become filled more and more and more with the sense of Your presence, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, and rest upon us. We just take one moment just to breathe You in, Holy Spirit. Jesus' name. Hmm. Something about waiting, hey? God spoke to me a while ago and he said there's a weight in your waiting. There's a there's a weight, there's a heaviness that comes <coughs> as we learn to wait on the presence of God. And I think sometimes we live in such a fast-paced society you're <coughs> always in a rush. To go from one the one thing to the next thing, and there's an invitation from the Spirit sometimes just to wait. That's for free. That's not even in my notes. <laughs> um, I thought I'd kick off. I just wanted to kick off with one or two words of knowledge, um, because yeah, I mean you don't want to really go deep in the prophetic if there's no prophetic in the room. So <laughs> um, I felt like there was someone. Here, your your computer or your laptop died this week, or maybe not this week, but like in the last, it, fairly recently. If anyone's here, like, is that is that you? Like, it didn't just crash, but it like, complete... It just, it just tries to get out of the Like, like died, like you'll be working on it and it just... Okay. What's what's your name? Yael. Say again? Yael. Yael. Thank you Lord for Yael. Hmm. <coughs> and I just feel for you, Yael. Like that's almost a picture of the season that you've been in where there's been a sense of sometimes getting momentum in God and like things seem like they're going up and then you know, something happens and it'll it'll fall. Um I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I just feel like there's a sense of there've been some setbacks that you faced recently in your life. Um, and I feel like God says that He's taking you from setbacks into a place. You know, I don't know if you've ever been into a sea with like really big waves. We get that back home. But sometimes you can, you can be in the sea and you can be trying to get out just beyond the, the waves. But every time you go through a wave, there's just another one that hits you back. <clears throat> And I don't know if that is some of what you've been through. But I feel like God says, (coughs) He's taking you through the waves to the other side. He's taking you through to the other side, where you're not going to just try and walk from one situation to the next being pushed back. But actually, He's the God who's going to take ground in your life. And it's almost going to be like the same waves that you felt like you were pushing through, are going to be the waves that you're going to ride, because when you catch a wave, it's like there's nothing more beautiful. And I feel like there's something that the Holy Spirit is doing in your life, where you you're going to begin to you're going to begin to just know what it's how, how to keep in step with Him. The Bible says, "Those who are led by the Spirit keep in step with the Spirit." as you're led by the spirit keep in step with the spirit and i feel like the lord says he's he's ordering your steps the bible says the bible says when the bible says when you your steps are ordered by the lord they'll be established and i just maybe you guys can just reach a hand to your ears we just pray for her Wow! Mm, mm. Wow! Well, well, let's pray for that, Lord. We pray for yeah, Lord, we pray. I just see the presence of God coming upon you. Won't you just lift your hands, yeah, just to receive? Yeah, we can just all close our eyes and just focus on Him. Mm. He says He's the shade at your right hand. And I just see the presence of the Spirit resting on you. (coughs) Mm. Come Holy Spirit. I pray that even in her waiting Lord. Even some of the things you've been waiting for God to do. That (coughs) there would be a wait of the Holy Spirit. Where yeah where there's been even where there's been delay I feel like God says like there's some things in your life it feels like they've been delayed and God says those things while they might seem like they've been pushed out in his economy they're gaining interest and so when those promises become fulfilled they're going to be fulfilled with interest not just what he said but more because he's not just the god of of enough he's the god of more than enough thank you lord thank you lord so good Is there someone here this is quite a random one but i saw someone like walking uh, walking upstairs like upstairs and you like you fell walking up the stairs i've never had a word like that before so it might just be my dodgy breakfast but you'll know it's you. you you were walking up the stairs and you you fell and you hurt yourself um if if that's you um i'd love to pray for you please don't come to me afterwards and say <laughs> there was a there was a guy in yesterday's seminar i had a word about someone's left elbow clicking and then we prayed for a lady at the right elbow and at the end the guy came up to me and says I don't know why I didn't respond, but every time I move my left elbow it clicks. <laughs> I might lay hands on you afterwards, but not for the right reason, so Is that you? yeah while you were climbing up huh? yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll go. I'll, I'll, take <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, um, it's always good, you know, uh, I just want you to... You can keep all the lights on, actually. Um, we, in the prophetic, we must learn to celebrate risks rather than accuracy. Because it's great when you're accurate, but actually God celebrates risk in stepping out. And it actually doesn't, sometimes, it doesn't matter how spot on you are, in terms of like was that wow like you called out my phone number Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (coughs) but it's actually about moving towards people and actually if we get it wrong the only person who gets embarrassed is us Mm -hmm. and that's good because it just keeps us humble so what's your name? Anna Anna okay that's an easy one (coughs) let's just stretch our hands to Anna Mm. I thank you Lord for Anna Lord Mm. thank you that she (coughs) that she's a woman of your presence Lord just feel like the Lord says you're a woman who's well acquainted with his presence and a good friend of mine says sometimes the move of the spirit, the voice of God is so gentle and delicate it's like a feather that just comes and rests on our shoulder and we can so often miss it if we're not sensitive to His touch. But Anna, I feel like you are you are deeply sensitive to the move of the Spirit. And I feel like He says you are increasing in your sensitivity to Him. And even as you were climbing that ladder and you fell off I just feel like God <laughs> says there's a story in the Bible about a man who put his head down on a rock and then it says that he, there was a ladder he saw going from earth to heaven and there were angels ascending and descending speaking about this, the Bethel the house of God the place of where heaven dwells and I feel like um, there's a season coming where you're going to put your head down and it's gonna be like angels are ascending and descending like um, just encounter with his presence in a deeper way I don't know if that's been a longing of your heart, but I feel like God's gonna do some stuff where he's even gonna give you I don't know if God ever speaks to you in dreams at night i I get that very ready but um, <coughs> I feel like God says put a Put a notepad and a, a pen next to your next to your bed, because he's going to give you some dreams about some situations and about some people and about some things, and um, it's going to unlock um, some things God wants to do. Um, and I, I I just saw I saw you as a <coughs> a woman of great persistence. Like I don't know if this makes sense, but if you get something in your head or your heart, like. You, you're not going to let that thing go until you've seen it happen. Um, I feel like there's a tenacity about you. Um, and I just see you circling some things in prayer in your life. Almost like... <coughs> almost like where the Israelites marched around Jericho. And it was like the impossible became possible when they lifted a cry to the Lord. And I feel like there's some things that it's felt like you've been going round and round and round like four, five, six times but I feel like the Lord says don't give up because He's the God that's going to come through for you and I see some you know the walls didn't just come down so that they could defeat the enemies the walls came down so that they could inherit the promised land and I feel like there's some promises, like it's felt like there's been some promises that you've, God's given you, and you haven't been able to enter in. But he who promised is faithful. I shared this with the guys in the seminar yesterday. Hebrews 11:11 11, 11 says, "Sarah herself received power to conceive, even though she was past the time, because she considered him faithful who had promised. He's faithful." to keep His promises. The God who gives the promises is the God who keeps the promises. So Lord, we pray for Anna right now, Lord. Even where it's felt like there might just be some pain and residue from what you've had to walk through in the last season, I just see the Lord lifting that off you. Why, Why don't you guys just stretch your hand towards her? he's just he's just lifting that off you instead of a spirit of heaviness he gives you a garment of praise you're going to be dressed in a garment of praise and adoration and thanksgiving where it's felt like sometimes it's just been heaviness so we i just see it like there's just a lightness coming on you right now in jesus name Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll try to create some space at the end for one or two more. Um, I know it's hot in here, so maybe it's a, maybe it's a sign, maybe it's a prophetic sign. <laughs> He's raising the temperature, but um, uh, I was struck by something I listened to this morning, Uh, some of you guys might know there's a worship leader called Stephanie Gretzinger and she said God is not looking for our giftedness He's looking for our givenness God is not looking for our giftedness He's looking for our givenness to give ourselves to Him and you know sometimes in the prophetic we can talk a lot about our gifting and you you know really just trying to hone our skills in hearing his voice and stepping out but way more important than giftedness is givenness because he gives the gifts and what we can give back to him is our willingness to steward those so i, I really want to encourage us today that um god really wants to grab our hearts he's not after workers he's after worshipers martha was a laborer but mary was a worshiper and um I just felt to start off with, <coughs> I was so struck by this story in the book of 1 Samuel, uh, chapter 3, if you've got your Bibles, just the first three verses, um, I just wanted to start off because I felt like this was just a, like a prophetic message for us, even, even though it might not be that practical in terms of a seminar, I just felt like I couldn't pass this by because it feels like the Lord's on it. So one, 1 Samuel 3, 1 to 3. <coughs> now the young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There, were, there was no frequent vision. And at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim, so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. And I just felt there was something prophetic in this for us. Because it starts off and it says, The young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. And we all know, if you've read your Bible, that Samuel was one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. Called as a prophet from a young age. But, um, you know, his first ministry was not to people. But his first ministry was to the Lord. It says Samuel ministered before the Lord. And if we want to go deeper in the prophetic, our first ministry is never to people, our first ministry is always to the Lord. It's time for the prophetic to return to be lovers of his face rather than just lovers of his voice. We love the sound of his voice. We love, I love nothing more than hearing his voice and speaking it out and seeing people's lives change but the first ministry I have is to minister to the Lord makes sense we all know 1 Corinthians 13 if you've been to a wedding you would have heard this probably numerous times if I speak in the tongues of men or angels but do not have love I'm a resounding gong a clanging cymbal if I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have faith that can move mountains but i do not have love i'm nothing verse 2 says love never fails but where there are prophecies they will cease and you see the measure of your gift of prophecy is not how accurate or how gifted you are but how much you are moved by love god is not looking for prophetic men and women who just say like we just want to see um you know people called out and incredible words of knowledge, but he's looking for prophetic men and women who are moved by love. One day the gift of prophecy will cease, but love will never fail. And you know, you step out in your prophetic gift, it's not going to continue forever, because one day, we won't need a prophesy, we'll see him face to face. And I just felt God say, like, give yourself to the prophetic, but also give yourself to love, because love is, is what's going to continue forever. And from the place of love, the prophetic flows. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says, Pursue love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. But the first place is love, ministering to the Lord. I hope that makes sense. If you want to do anything, waste your time on loving Jesus. (laughs) Like literally, waste your time loving Jesus. Because all prophetic ministry flows from intimacy. Is that helping you guys? Yes. It says, then it says the word of the Lord was rare in those days. It was so interesting. Samuel grew up in a culture where there was a vacuum of the word of the Lord. And I don't know about you guys, but like the culture we live in, it seems like there's a bit of a vacuum of the word of the Lord. And it's for such a time as this that he rose. he, 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 he rose up Samuel. And I feel like, prophetically God's saying he's looking for prophetic voices to arise, even when we feel like there's a vacuum of the voice of the Lord. There's so many other voices. It's like, actually it's hard sometimes to just tune out the other voices. But God says, even when there's a vacuum of the word of the Lord, maybe that's the place where I'm raising up fresh voices in the prophetic. And then it carries on and says, Eli, he was the chief priest His eyesight had begun to grow dim. He could barely see. And don't you think it's interesting that in a culture where it says there was no frequent vision, Mm. the chief priest's eyesight was growing dim. Mm. You see, sometimes when those who are responsible for hearing the voice of God begin to lose the the sound and stop seeing the vision of God over their situations and and nations And we disregard our responsibility Of actually stepping out of the voice of God It's like the culture around us Vision grows dim But I believe that God is restoring vision today In fact I felt I don't know, is there anyone in here Like you've actually had a a problem with your eyesight? I just had had a word Like someone, almost like You're losing vision I don't know if it's in one eye Is it you? Do you... Are you? And has it has it been progressive, like losing vision? What's your What's your name? Fleming. Fleming. Let's just reach a hand to him. I just felt like I had that word, so let's just um, take a moment, Lord. We pray for Fleming, Lord, that you come right now and you just restore his vision in Jesus' name. We speak to that right eye we say see in Jesus' name. And Fleming, I feel like God says um, He's restoring sight to you not only as we pray for you physically but He's giving you eyes to see in a fresh way. He's giving you eyes to see in a fresh way. And I feel like you're called to be a man who would see the Word of God over people, but not only just individually. I feel like you're called to be a man of vision where God would take you into situations and you'll see clearly what God wants you to do. And I feel like there's a a gift uh, uh, on your life of coming into situations and bringing restoration, bringing renewal, coming into broken places and leaving them whole. You know, every, every situation Jesus came into, He left it better than He found it. And I feel like God says, you're a man who's going to be like a, a repairer of the walls. There's a, there's a gift of reconciliation on your life where you not only reconcile people to God, but I feel like relationally, You're able to come into difficult situations and bring peace. And the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. Not just the peacekeepers, but the peacemakers. And I feel like God says there's a shalom on your life. Shalom speaks of like the wholeness of the kingdom of God. Where you'll begin to experience His peace in a new way. Like a weightiness. Not just a stillness. So right now we thank you Holy Spirit. I just got a a word that I saw over your head. It said turn turn around. And I feel like there's some situations that God's going to turn around. You know when um, Joseph was sold into slavery. They said... The enemy intended for evil. But God intended it for, for my good. And even where it's like the enemy is trying to bring some things against you, I feel like God says he'll use those same things for your good. He'll use those same things for your good. He'll establish you even when even when it feels <clears throat> like you've been put in a pit. So I thank you, Lord, for Fleming. Yeah, I just feel like there's a, it's a season of a, you know, every every stage of Joseph's life, he had a new coat. And I feel like it's a, God is putting a new coat on you, of, of sonship. Saying, you're my son whom I love, with you I'm well pleased. I'm establishing you, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. <coughs> I hope it's okay that we just go (laughs) go where God's going. But yeah, I really just felt like this. You know, Chris Vallotton said an amazing thing recently. He said, God's not just looking for more prophetic people to give more prophetic words, but He's looking for prophetic people who would build prophetic community so that when people come into that community, their lives are changed. There's a story in the Old Testament where King Saul came into the presence of the company of prophets and it says he was changed into another man and he began to prophesy. And maybe what God is after is not just people who (coughs) have a good prophetic gift but people who are prophetic mothers and fathers who can build community and when others come in they're changed into a different person. Their lives are transformed because they <coughs> begin to be seen for who they really are. Amen. So <coughs> just some some practical things on going deep in the in the prophetic. The purpose of prophecy is an encounter with Jesus. Revelation 19 verse 10 says, The testimony of Jesus is... You want to know? The Spirit of Prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the Spirit of Prophecy. Another version says, Testimony to Jesus is the Spirit which underlies prophecy. And the word testimony translated means... Evidence given, a record, a report, a, w- a witness. I love how the New Living Translation says it. For the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. And I'll read that again. The essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Revelation 19.10 okay. Thank you. you see, at the heart of it, prophecy always moves people To the very nature Of who Jesus is Like that's the goal Prophetic ministry Move people towards the nature of Jesus Move people towards the nature of Jesus (coughs) It says It's the spirit of prophecy That word spirit is the word pneuma Can literally be defined A movement of air A breath the wind itself. And isn't it amazing what God does when He breathes into our life? It starts in... It starts at the very beginning, in Genesis. What does He do? He breathes into the the dust and He creates life. And for some of us, we actually just need God to breathe into the, (coughs) the dirt of our lives because... He takes the dirt of our lives and He creates life. And that's a beautiful picture of prophecy. You you declare the Word of God into someone in the state that they're in. And the prophetic Word not only releases life, but it releases the creative power to transform that person into who God's created them to be. that makes sense? Is that helping you guys? When we boil prophecy down to its purest essence... And reduce it down to what it's all about. The very heart of the prophetic is to reveal Jesus. When you give a prophetic word over someone, they should always leave having received a revelation of who they are, how God sees them, and who Jesus is. Make sense? If you want to grow in your gift of prophecy, one key, get to know what Jesus is like. There's nothing worse than someone who's giving a prophetic word that's so caught up in this and that and thus saith the Lord and Maranatha and all this language, but actually it doesn't reveal the nature of Jesus. So spend your time. If you want to grow in your prophetic gift, spend your time personally, intimately getting to know what Jesus is like. Fall in love with Jesus our prophetic words should magnify Him. So we should act like a magnifying glass to other people saying, this is how kind and good and faithful God is. 2 Corinthians 14, you may be familiar with this. Paul's talking and says, you guys are having these meetings and the Holy Spirit's falling and it's amazing and people are shubbering and people are having a good time. And then he says, if, if everyone's 2 Corinthians fourteen twenty four, if you want to write it down. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an outsider <clears throat> enters, it says he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. And falling on his face, he will worship God and declare God is really among you. I don't know about you guys, but I haven't been in too many meetings where that happens. <laughs> no. I think it was Sebastian who gave a testimony last night. That sounded like it, where this atheist came in, encountered God, got prophetic words, and ended up bang, ended up saying, "God is really among you." But it's interesting what happens. It it says he is a called he is called to account by all. And I just want to hone in on this point. You know, prophecy is not a matter of exposing an unbeliever's sin or shame. That's not what calling them to account means. But it's actually calling out the gold in their lives. And revealing how heaven sees them. Basically like, like Jesus would say, You thought your life was like this, but God says He sees you like this. So we're calling you to account. Don't live like that. Live like this, because this is how heaven sees you. The prophetic is never focused on sin. It's focused on how heaven sees the person. So I love that picture. It's like you mining the gold. It doesn't take much to see the good in someone you know, who's good and kind. But it's, there's something about prophetic people you can see the good in someone who's not even seeking the face of God. And we call, it, we call it out. True accountability is not a matter of sin management. It's about calling people to live in their true identities, how God really sees them. I hope this is helping you guys. When we understand that the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus we will start to understand that prophecy is far less about predicting the future and far more about making the reality of Jesus' kingdom known in the present. I think sometimes prophecy is almost like glorified fortune-telling. You know what I mean? Anyone read those websites or those prophetic (coughs) emailing lists and it's like God's going to do this in this nation and God's going to do that and it's almost like we're just like prophetic fortune-telling. But no, if we point people to Jesus, the Bible says, He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. I love what Derek Morphew says, When you meet Jesus, you meet the end of the world. Actually find it. To meet Jesus Christ is to meet one's ultimate destiny. You can say, I know the end of the world. I have encountered Him. So it's far less about events and this and that, but it's actually pointing people to the end. Because when you meet Jesus, you meet your true end. We call it in theological circles, inaugurated eschatology. It just, it's, a, it's a big way of saying the whole story of the Bible, all the hopes and the dreams and everything that Israel and the people of God were waiting for, it was all encapsulated in the life the ministry, the birth, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. It's all encapsulated in Him. If we point people to Him, they begin to see their end. And they begin to live in who God's called them to be. When Jesus came, He said, <coughs> Repent, because the kingdom, has come. the kingdom of heaven is yeah. at hand. I love what Caleb Peterson says. It's like, it's, it's, it's right there, it's in arm's reach. It's literally like the kingdom is right here. We talk about, in vineyard, you would have heard it, the now and the not yet. We live in the tension of the not yet, but we press in for the, we press in for the now. It means that it's in arm's reach. It's right there. When we understand that the end has fully come in Jesus, that He is the eschatos, that's just the Greek word for the end, When you meet Him, He not only reveals your origin, but He reveals your destiny. So the prophetic should always speak to someone's origin, like who they are, their identity, how God sees them. So whenever we're giving prophetic words, we want to speak to the identity of that person, we want to call out the gold, saying, this is how heaven sees you, like we were saying for Anna. Like, this is how God sees you, a woman of of His presence. We want to point to who they are, but also we want to call out destiny, who God's called them to be. Because God's always going to call you up to more than you're living in right now. Why? Because Isaiah 9, is it Isaiah 9? It says, um, of the increase, we always read this over Christmas time, of the increase of His government and His kingdom, there will be no end. I wish I had sweets I could give you guys when you finish the scripture. (laughs) Of the increase of God's kingdom, there'll be no end. Why is this important? Because it means there's more of His kingdom today than there was yesterday. The universe is still expanding. It's, that's just the physical principle of what the kingdom of God is like. I believe that even when we get to heaven, heaven's going to be continually unfolding because. Of the increase of his kingdom and his and his government his government his rule and his reign there's going to be no end so there's always more so we want to call people out to more we want to call their destiny out is that helping you guys acts chapter 2 you guys will be familiar with this if you've been in a vineyard church in the last days god says i will pour out my spirit on all people Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Prophecy is concerned with the last days because it's concerned with making Jesus real. God's going to pour out His Spirit in the last days and people will prophesy. He's been pouring out His Spirit since that day in Acts and He continues to do that. And he's raising up sons and daughters who will prophesy and point people to the nature of Jesus. I love that when Jesus said, it is finished on the cross, what happened in the temple? The curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. Jesus tore the veil. And you know there's a thin veil separating the now and the not yet Mm -hmm. when jesus was baptized it says heaven was opened and the voice of the father spoke over him this is my son whom i love with him i'm well pleased there was always a sense of in that hebrew culture that heaven and earth there was a thin there was a thin veil connecting the two and in the prophetic what we're doing is we're saying the power of the future age has broken into the present age. We want to pull the future into the present. We want to pull what God is going to do into the present. So we we want to call people out to who God's created them to be. So prophecy sounds like Jesus. It looks like Jesus. It's about making Jesus bigger and more glorious. And ultimately about leading people into a personal, life-changing, transformative encounter with Jesus. Every person that encountered Jesus was left radically changed and marked by His presence. When you minister prophetically, people should leave being changed like the imprint of Jesus on their hearts. Leaving them with the deposit of His love. And I'll I'll close with this. This is like the the verse that you always go to. Prophetic 101, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Anyone quote it? Anyone eagerly, earnestly pursue love? Earnestly pursue love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Pursue love, eagerly <coughs> desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And the word there in the Greek for pursue is dioko, which means to aggressively chase like a hunter pursuing a catch. And I've always read this verse saying like, cool, pursue love, but like eagerly desire spiritual gifts. But actually the first thing he says is like pursue love chase down love like you're a hunter pursuing a catch It actually the negative connotation of that word in the in the greek actually means to persecute like how they were chasing down how they were pursuing these christians to take them out and so it's quite interesting actually i thought god say like no the, the the first point is like when we what we must be in pursuit of is love but chase down love encounter God's love because that's what's going to shape the nature of our prophetic gifting and calling and then it says eagerly desire spiritual gifts the word translated eagerly desire is zelo, <laughs> z-e-l-o-o with a whole bunch of thingies <laughs> <laughs> And it says, this word is uh, a word that sounds like and imitates the sound of boiling water. It's quite cool. (laughs) Properly, this is what they say, to bubble over because so hot. So it's almost like you're chasing down love, you're pursuing Jesus, and then what happens your heart starts to bubble over with the love and the passion of God and you eagerly desire spiritual gifts and we begin to set our heart on Him and the affections of our heart become stirred and we eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Does that make sense? Yes. It's not like we desire spiritual gifts and we're like, oh yeah, love, love. No, no, we, we pursue Jesus. And I feel like some of you, in fact all of us, we just need to bubble over a bit more. We just need Him to turn the heat up like this room right now. <laughs> Swedish summer.
1: <laughs>
0: and I felt like God says, he, he, He's raising the temperature again. Like He's He's actually, you know, we know that verse in Revelation 3.16. Because you are lukewarm. You're not hot, you're not cold, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And I don't know about you guys, but the last season... It's felt like it's been easy to turn the temperature down. And I feel like Jesus says, no, He wants to ignite our hearts again. Like Fleming was sharing in that passage on the road to Emmaus, it says, "When they were walking with Jesus, it said, "Did not our hearts burn within us?" When he, when he spoke about the things that were to happen? You see, when Jesus comes alongside you and he walks with you in the road of life, and he begins to speak to you? Something happens in your heart where your heart begins to burn. And you know what happens be- earlier on in that story? They say, we had hoped that He was the one. So it's like they had lost hope in their hearts. And for some of us, we've lost hope in our hearts. But when Jesus comes alongside, He is the one who makes our hearts begin to burn afresh. Oh, did not our hearts burn within us. And I feel like He's taking some of us from a place where we've lost hope and our hearts are going to burn again Mm -hmm. with Him. And we're going to say, no, I'm going to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Even, I just felt right now, I just felt like some of us, we've almost like dialed back our pursuits of like stepping out in the prophetic because we may have lost hope or been disappointed. I shared this verse yesterday hope deferred makes the heart sick but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life and when we lose hope our hearts can get to a place where we're sick and we're just like some of us have made almost like agreements and said like I'm not actually going to step out because last time I did this happened and God didn't come through for me but you know what he's so good that he says no actually I'm going to restore your heart to a place of hope again Earnestly pursue love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And then he says, especially that you would prophesy. Prophecy is the bringing together of love and the gifts of the Spirit. Derek Morphew says, the prophetic is like an umbrella gift over the other gift, because it expresses the heart of God and it moves people into an encounter with Jesus. We're always after revealing the heart of God to other people. The prophetic is about the heart of God ministered to other people. Dan McCullum says the prophetic's not a ministry skill, it's a life skill. I like that. It's not a ministry skill, it's a life skill. He's not just, you know, God's not looking for prophetic people who would be after platforms. Like, long may that day come and go. You know, sometimes in the church we've made it about, like, is God going to give me my platform and am I going to become this prophetic, this prophet that... No, no, no. The prophetic is about raising up a generation of men and women where everyone gets to do the stuff. Everyone gets to reveal the heart of God. There are no superstars. Lord, I want to thank you for these beautiful people in this room. I want to thank you that you're doing something in our hearts this week where you're calling us to step out, Lord. Step out from a place of hiding and into a place of seeking your face. We just say, come Holy Spirit. I'm going to take a moment just to see what God wants to do. If you felt like when I was speaking about losing hope, especially around gift of the prophetic or some of the things God's called you to in your own life, won't you just place your hand on your heart? Because I feel like God's here and He's kind. Mm. So, Lord, I want to pray that you would begin to restore hope again. You would restore hope afresh, Lord. Some of us have grown tired, some of us have grown weary. But you're the one who comes and breathes into the dirt of our lives, the dust of our lives, and you release life. I want to read this verse over you guys. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Some of you just need to receive the peace of God right now. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So I pray, Holy Spirit, you come and rest on these people with your power right now. That they may abound in hope. Bill Johnson says, the people with the most hope have the most influence. And I feel like God says he's calling out influencers who wouldn't seek a platform on social media, who wouldn't seek to influence by their followers, but they would seek to influence by the one that they follow, by the hope that they carry. 1 Peter 3.15 says... Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And some of you guys are going to be, start to receive questions about the hope that you have. And God says, I'm, I'm preparing you. I'm preparing you right now. I'm preparing you to give an answer because people are going to ask you why you have hope because it's been going to be so evident in your life. Come, Holy Spirit. Mm. And I felt like there was another group of people where you've just been asking for more of His presence. And I felt like there was a promise for you from Jeremiah 33, verse 3. I've been seeing, like, the number 33 and, like, triple three, like, in the last month or so, Maybe three to ten times a day. It's it's been a little bit weird. But me too. You as well, Nicholas. Anyone else like seeing repeating numbers? Yeah. It's we don't make we don't make a big deal about it, but sometimes if God does that, we he just does it to grab our attention. Maybe it's because he can't can't grab our attention in the other ways. But it says this. It says, Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you do not know. So if that's you, maybe you just put out your hands in front of you. You've been asking God for a greater revelation of who He is, of who, what He said. Lord, we want to say, Lord, we call to You. Even like Jeremiah, who was shut up in the midst of captivity. Even in places where it's felt like we've been captive in our own lives, Lord. Where... We might not be seeing your promises fulfilled lord we just say we call to you lord because we know you are the god who will answer and you will reveal great and hidden things that we do not know and i feel like he's just opening some of our eyes to see again he's opening some of our eyes to see again mm. Mm. thank you lord We're going to end in a few moments. But I just um, wanted to... Is there anyone who's been struggling with repeti- repetitive migraines? Like ongoing migraines? Like it's it's been regular in your life? Is that you, you, Karen? Let's just stretch our hands. Anyone else? Anyone else? This lady in the front here. What's your name? Aurelia. Aurelia. Won't you just so, so Karen in the back in the stripes, near at the door, lady up front. I just feel like God wants to bring healing. In Jesus' name. Lord, we want to pray for these dear women. Just pray your healing presence. We want to break the power of... Tension, anxiety, and stress.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, Orly, really, I uh, just see peace of God on you right now. Like uh, just coming on you, peace in your in your mind right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just see like a deep. Rest coming on you. If you've been just like struggling to find rest in life, but just like it's a season of where it's almost like the enemy has tried to come in and just rob that rob that from you in the season. Like he's just restoring rest again. You can just receive. You can just receive. Like the moment after the storm where it's just that peace and i feel like jesus says he's been in your storms with you and the amazing thing about jesus in that story is like he was able to release peace around him because there's peace within him and i feel like he says there's a peace that transcends the the storm Feel like He's called you to be a woman who would bring peace to many other people. It's like a, it's like a radiance, like a, around your face. And there's a beautiful verse in Psalms that says, "Those who look to Him are radiant; their faces are never covered with shame." And even where it might have, you might just feel like it's been some shame that's tried to creep in. God just says, "When when He looks at you, when you look at Him." you radiant and I um, feel like you're called to minister to people who also are going to find themselves caught up in shame mm-hmm. caught up in like shame and a lifestyle of just mm-hmm. and he says he's just so proud of you mm. I just caught a glimpse of your the little image on your t-shirt I don't know what it is but it almost looks like a little guy walking on a tightrope and um, I felt like it's a picture where it's almost felt like at times you've been walking on this tightrope like feeling like actually like if I go one way to the left or right like things are just going to all come crashing down and I feel like God says that when, when you look back on that you're going to see that it, it wasn't a tightrope, but it was just the path of God that He's been leading you on, that He's going before you. And we've been singing that song, um, just like, capture me again. All my life you have been faithful. Yes. And I feel like you, that's going to be a story of your life. And I believe God says to you today, um, His goodness like the line of that song, His goodness is running after you. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And so Lord, we say where there has been strife, we just say goodness and mercy all the days of your life that you've prepared A table before her in the presence of her enemies and I feel like you're gonna be one of those people where you don't just sit at the table and feast with your enemies but you actually realize that the story of Jesus is about enemies becoming friends (laughs) and you're gonna invite your enemies to come and feast at the table because there's more than enough at the table you're gonna be a person who goes into situations where enemies become friends and that becomes story of the redemption of god so we just thank you for earlier lord just continue to receive i feel like he's just ministering to you um as that dear lady prays for you and then yeah karen i know you also put your hand up just feel like there's a a fresh release of the power of God on you. I feel like he says you, a woman is just called to carry grace. (coughs) You're called to carry grace in a fresh way. Where people would, you know, it says, it's the kindness of God that leads men and women to repentance. I feel like there's something on your life where The kindness of God is revealed to many people. And I feel like He's just revealing His kindness over you afresh. And you know, sometimes it's really easy to be kind to other people, but the hardest person to be kind to is yourself. And I feel like God says, like, the pressure's off. And that sometimes you've just been looking at your life and, and and feeling like, I need to do this, I need to do that. I've got so many boxes, I've got a tick, I've got so many things, I've got a juggle. It's like that guy at the circus, he's spinning plates. It's like, he can never stop because if he stops, they're all going to come crashing down. But I feel like God says, like, He says to you that He's He's got it covered. Jesus is the one who holds all things together. And I feel like, even where it might have felt like (laughs) you can't hold everything together he says he's been holding it all together all the time and I just see like a fresh release of the Holy Spirit on your life fresh wind blowing over you like God's gonna just release incredible life I feel like there's been places (coughs) where you've sown in places and you haven't seen fruit. If you've been faithful, you've sown into people's lives, you've been praying in situations, even things that many people don't know about. But I feel like God says, it's a season where you're just going to see fruit in every area. And you're even going to begin to reap where you haven't sown because you've been so liberal with sowing seed that it's been scattered by the birds of the air into places that you haven't even been able to reach so we just say come holy spirit thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord I know we're on five past twelve, so so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring it to a close. Um, I just wanted to end. Maybe if there's anyone else who needs um, healing in their bodies, we just want to pray for you. You guys can just put your put your hands up. I love to I love to pray for you so maybe just as as you if you guys need to go please feel free I know we've gone over time um, I won't be upset I just wanted to take a moment so maybe someone can keep that door open somehow just so it's a little bit cooler um, but let's yeah if you guys have got um, anyone needs healing in their body why don't you just put up your hand and then the people sitting around you can just uh, lay their hands on you just like one person on each side Just take a moment. Thanks, guys. I'm just going to stop this recording.